welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. This is Priscilla McKinney, but you are in for a treat because I brought back with me, drum roll please, Ashley LeBlanc. <laughs> hello, hello. Thanks for having me. I always love when we get to hop in the quote unquote podcast studio and do this. Right. Well, the thing is, is that both of us are a little sick, so we have very sexy voices today. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. The, the low sultriness. We'll just yes. roll with it. Yeah. You, you might be too young for this one, but it's very Lauren McCall of us. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing is that I have a little announcement. Also amazing news over at Little Bird Marketing. Things are growing things that we're kind of busting at the seams and uh, Ashley has taken the position of vice president here. So I'm super excited. So make sure that you help me congratulate her online. It's a big move. She's um, done so much to put this place in um, tip-top shape. And as the executive director, certainly been my right-hand woman for a long time. And everybody knows that. They, they like me. They come to Little Bird because me and then they meet Ashley. And it's like, oh, can we talk to Ashley? <laughs> I like to think of us as a dynamic duo. So... <laughs> It's just, you know, that's a very high compliment when people tell me, oh, we just love Ashley so much. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do too. Also, um, you can't have her. <laughs> so um, yeah, we're going to talk today about something you and I get asked all the time. And it's a very difficult issue for entrepreneurs or for marketing managers or brand managers. Um there's always that big question mark out there about websites. And I think that it is an old school thought, like, but we already created our website, <laughs> like, like a one and done. And I think that that idea of one and done for a website is over and gone. But still, once people just agree that, hey, we're going to have to keep it updated, it's going to be a little bit more fluid, or every couple of years, we're going to have to do a major revamp. Even if that's in their mind, the reality is that people usually at the uh, level where they're that brand manager, that CMO, that which I don't even know if CMO exists anymore anywhere, but um, you know, if they're that marketing manager or that VP, uh, you know, of marketing, they they still don't know really, but how do I know for sure if I should? Is this going to be worth my money or is my website actually working for me or is it not? Or should it be doing something? There's just so many questions that people don't even really, I find, know how to frame the discussion. Right. And I feel like the website is typically the uh, piece of the marketing puzzle that most people blame when things aren't going right. Oh, it must be our website. Something must not be happening there. But the reality is, even if that is the case, how do you know which part of your website isn't working? Is it the copy? Is it the usability? Is it your form is are just way too long so you aren't seeing conversions? There could be so many things that could be wrong with your website. And the reality is you shouldn't go change every single piece of it all at once all the time because then you never nail down what's working and what's not. I love that. And then it also brings an even deeper question is what do you expect your website to be doing? Some people think it's just a very expensive business card. And I think, well, why don't have an expensive business card or the word that is not allowed to be used here, the phrase trifold brochure. <laughs> so I think they don't know what to expect. And just one general thing I'll throw out there for people no matter what size or what you're doing, I like to recommend to people that their website 
is at least working the equivalent of one FTE. So a full-time equivalent of an employee. If you had a salesperson who was out there 24 seven, or as in this case, like, you know, um, no weekends, <laughs> whatever, however it is that you want it to work, um, you know, it should be bringing in the same as a person, meaning generating that amount of leads and doing the work while you're sleeping. We joke around all the time that we're a sleep improvement agency, but that is also about getting your website to be working for you so that as you're sleeping, it is out there doing the things you need done for that ideal client persona, like answering their very pressing questions. I could not agree more website. And let's be honest, we, we build websites. We know this websites are expensive to build. So if you are going to build one, make it worth your time and make it worth your money. Mm -hmm. Um, but you guys, you know, Priscilla and I, we like to keep it we like to keep it simple. We like to keep it practical. So what we're going to do today is we're actually going to run through what we like to call a little audit. We're going to give you four questions that you can really just ask yourself or ask your team if you think there's an issue with your website. It's a really good audit just to see, do is, is everything working the way it should be? Right. And I think what we see all the time is that people will come to us and start thinking, oh, hey, can you do copy for us? Can you do this video? Can you, can you do that? You know, And then we say, well, when was the last time you looked at your website? They don't even know where to find things on their website. They have not looked at their own website at all, period. And then if for the very few people who have looked at it recently, they haven't done that with the perspective of a brand new user. They still are embedded in their jargon. They know, oh, I know I have to click here and then here and here to get to that thing. Well, your user doesn't know this. So let's start from there. This idea of have you even looked at your website? When was the last time you did that? And then from that basis, go ahead and look at it, right? And then these four questions are just like Ashley said, going to help you just have some open-ended conversations. And you're going to know at the end of this, whether or not you should be talking and putting a new website, either a refresh or an overhaul on the list of to-dos. Okay, I'll kick us off with question one, um, which is, is your website relevant? And by that, I don't mean relevant to your business or to you. I mean, your most ideal buyer, your most ideal client. So we're talking our favorite topic, buyer personas. We all know that the purpose... The purpose of the website is to attract, engage, delight visitors who then convert to leads and then ultimately into customers. But if your website is so consumed with you um, and preaching your business, who you are, your team, and never actually addresses the most um, you know, persistent and pressing questions of your ideal buyer it's not going to move them to take any action at all. Mm, I love that. We, we say all the time, if you ask us to put on the front of your website, when you opened your doors or how many years you've been in business, you are not an ideal client for us. <laughs> Nobody cares, but the owner, <laughs> how long they've been in business. Right. So that's just a funny example to get you thinking about what kind of stuff is on my homepage right now that only I care about. And can't we just go ahead and delete that kind of stuff? 
So the next question is, is it optimized? And I know that this subject is going to get maybe a little bit tricky, but you know, Ashley and I, our, our intent is always pull back the curtain, make it simple and help people um, understand these words that get, you know, just thrown about like search engine optimization, or should you be doing SEM or, you know, organic uh, uh, leads or direct traffic or, you know, all these kinds of things that all of a sudden get set. So everybody just calm down, take a deep breath. We're not going to get too technical, but we do want to help you understand what really is important about optimization. And all this means very simply is that can Google or any other search engine, which let's just face it, Google, can't Google easily understand not only what your page is about, but all of your pages, how they fit together and what is it that you truly do. And so I'll let Ashley talk about a little bit, but I am going to break it down into two things that are very easy to understand. And once you break it down to these two things, it's very, it it gets clear. It's authority and expertise. And so uh, expertise is about, do I know who you are? Like, what is it that you do? And is that message ringing clear? So I'll give you, for example, Someone goes and puts out there a big, you know, puts a lot of content every month that they have a celebration of an employee of the month, and that takes up a lot of content on their blog. Well, Google doesn't know if you are an employee retention firm or or if you throw events or corporate events or if you like have cake in a conference. Like, what is this about? Like, if that's a massive amount of content, then you're confusing Google. So that is expertise. What are you truly an expert about? And the other side is authority. If you are an expert on a particular subject matter, how much of an expert, how much is written and how many other people refer to you. And I'm going to give us just three kind of quick, like things you can focus on if if SEO or optimization is something you're realizing is a problem of your site. The first thing that you can do is your keyword research. That's just your basic homework to find out what are you currently ranking for? What are your competitors not ranking for that there's opportunity for that you can swoop up those keywords? And what is your buyer persona searching? If you can compile a list of those keywords, your next job would be then to sprinkle them throughout your website copy, throughout your blogs. And that, going back to what Priscilla was saying, is how you become an authority on these topics. So you need to get your keyword research done. Next would be your linking strategies, right? So this is about your backlinks. So people who are linking to your website and then also you linking to other authoritative websites on topics too. The internet is one giant web, right? So it's all about how we're connected and you can actually benefit your authority by connecting yourselves to someone who already has authority on a topic, which I know seems weird If someone else is, you know, a competitor or a thought leader on a topic, why would I want to link off to them? Try to find someone who's not a direct competitor, but still is a thought leader in the industry. Link to them often, get them to be a guest blogger on your site. And I promise you, you will see a big boost in authority on your site. One other little tip that I think is overlooked a lot on that linking strategy that's very smart is that once upon a time, Google did not care if you link to your own pages, to other pages within your own family of pages, but now they count that also toward authority. So make sure you have some kind of a strategy in place that if on one page you talk about 
for example, persona development, which we like to talk about, make sure that somewhere on that page, you're connecting to several other uh, internal pages, this blog, and this blog deals with it, and this podcast deals with it. And so when you show that you have a real body of literature around your expertise, that is what authority is about. So I love it. Breaking it down is, look, these are backlinks. Who refers to you? Who do you refer to? And then also, do you refer to yourself? Yeah, that's huge. And our last piece here is, it seems overly simple, but I promise you it matters. It's proper navigation, right? Even what you were just saying, Priscilla, how does, how is your navigation of your site? How are things within your own site link together? Um, A lot of times you may hear the word site map. And this is literally the map of your site. How are things organized? Do you have sub menus? But really, it should be organized and it should be easy for someone to navigate and find the place that they want to go. Is your blog hidden? Probably shouldn't be. Make sure that it's intuitive. And when someone, and this is so easy. I like to use my husband, but find someone who's maybe not in your direct work sphere and ask, show them a website and ask them to, Hey, can you find the blog on the site? Hand them, hand them your mobile device, hand them a computer and just watch where they go, watch the actions that they take. It's the easiest test, but I love to do that because it's kind of like a quick um, CRO test that you don't have to pay for. Yeah, I love that. And of course, you know, as an agency, we do these things in a very, um, you know, uh, organized uh, fashion. Of course, we can use other tools. For example, Hotjar, if if you've never seen something like that, and there's plenty of them that do this from Lucky Orange, there's all kinds of stuff out there. But, um, you, you know, you can actually put some software on your website to be able to capture what is going in what we would refer to as heat mapping and journey mapping and say, what is happening when people go on here? So you could go from a really simple audit, what Ashley's talking about and grab someone and just watch and learn, or you can get more sophisticated and say, Hey, I need a company to help me with this. So that is about easy. And I want to add one other thing about what Ashley's saying about navigation. Is it easy? And also best practice is, can I get to that same place from three different ways? And let me explain what I mean. Sometimes you might want to have the blog up on the top. Maybe that's a navigation um, button that's very easily seen. Maybe it's under resources, so maybe it's nested. But maybe the front page calls out a particular blog that might be of really dynamic interest to your most ideal client. But also there might be in the mini sitemap on your footer a way to get to the blog. That from the homepage is three ways to get to the blog. That is best practices in user experience, what we call user interface, user experience to say, we are not trying to make things difficult for the user and Google in terms of optimization appreciates that and says, I can see your site. This is my Google voice. I can see your site is very well organized. So you must be an expert. (laughs) Maybe I should change the Google voice. I don't know. (laughs) I personally like it. So let's keep it. (laughs) Okay. So that rolls us right into our third question for you. And it is very simple. Ask your team, is our site easy? Everyone 100% loves an easy button. Life is already so complicated. So plain, hard to get and hiding your expertise behind industry jargon just confuses and drives away potential customers. And it is a total waste of digital space. So please be straightforward and tell your visitor why you're the best solution. What is your key differentiation? Like make it easy for them to understand that you are the best answer for their problem. 
teams are getting smaller, but you still have to get your research in field. If only you could partner with a global expert to be an extension of your team without the extra overhead. Look no further. Gazelle Global provides the ad hoc services you need when you need them. Visit gazelleglobal.com to learn more about how we can handle global sampling, field management, data collection, and more. Our team is ready to lend our expertise to complete projects to your specification. Visit gazelleglobal.com today. I love this because it could be dating advice or it could be website advice, right? <laughs> be straightforward. Don't play hard to get right there. It works for both. So and you should listen to both of us because we are both very happily married to amazing people. So we know what we're talking about in terms of dating advice. Maybe that's our next podcast. Okay. I like it. We should invite the husbands on and see what they think about what we do. Maybe we won't. Okay. But in reality, yes, your, your site should be easy to navigate, but you should, it should be loud. It should be clear of how you're solving problems. Again, It's not so much what you do. It's the problem you solve. So that headline text, a clever tagline that plays into the pressing need of your persona, all of that matters. And kind of one side tip or one big issue that we commonly see and fix on websites is the hero image and the hero text. And what I mean by that, it's the main image and the main text that is above the fold. So before you have to scroll on a website that first big image you see, the, the first big you know tagline, headline that you see on a website, that should be the most clear statement of what you of what you do, the problem you solve, and the image should directly pertain to your audience. So that's that's a quick check there. I love that. And just to give you an example, for example, our hero um, image is a graphic that just states very plainly. We believe that every company deserves a clear and effective marketing plan. And that is just completely at the core. That's our belief statement. And it's also our brand promise. And so all of a sudden people, like I could call myself an advertising, a marketing agency, a content, a digital, it does not matter. Those things matter to me as the owner. What matters to my most ideal client is that they're like, yeah, I deserve that. And I keep getting the runaround and I keep getting, and I'm already tapped into the pain that people have. And it's not just about, oh, I want it to be clear and organized, but effective. So many people are doing marketing. Those are my air quotes. I just did like little air quotes. <laughs> you know, they're doing marketing tasks, but they're not, it's not effective. And, and so they don't know what's working and what's not working. This is a hundred percent at the core of what we do and what we solve. And so that doesn't have to be rocket science. It's just what at the core do you do? And do you deliver? What is that brand promise? One last thing I'm going to say about easy. It's, it's kind of this side piece that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to your site being easy. Um, but load time, Because that is the number one reason for exit rates and bounce rates, right? If someone is trying to get to your homepage or a subsequent page on your site, and it is taking a long time to load, they are going to leave. I promise you. And something you need to check is not just the load time of your, we probably all visit our websites the most on desktop. That's just the reality. But consumers, um, your future clients, your future customers, a lot of times will be accessing your site on mobile. And those can be two very different load times. So we want to make sure that's something you can easily, easily test. You want to make sure that you're using 
you know, a reputable third party source. You want to use a computer that you've never visited your site before. And you want to make sure that there's not something, and there's a lot of, you know, if you're, if you're working with a company, whether it's us or someone else, or you're doing your own like SEO type audit of your site, this is one of the main factors that will give you a quote unquote low SEO score is if something is slowing down the speed of your site. And it can be anything from um, the, the length of the page, images being too big, videos being too big. There are a lot of factors that can complicate that, but I promise you those slow load times can cause a lot of friction. hundred mm, percent. And it's just comes back to the point that you need to make this an enjoyable experience because you need to be enticing someone to stay. And our good friend, Kristen Luck said this to me in the meeting the other day, she just read an industry uh, research that came out that says 96% of people come to a website with no intention of buying. And in fact, do not buy. So we know that it's not about people coming and just, oh, I'm going to come one time and you're going to sell me. And oh, you give them effective marketing plans for so I'm in. I mean, if you want to, cool, do that. Also send me a bottle of champagne, put a post-it note and say, love you. And I will call you right back. So, (laughs) I mean, that's a wish list, right? That's like, but that's not how websites work. People come out, they come out many times. They vet who you are, the buyer, whether it's B2B or B2C, they're in the driver's seat. They're doing their own research, their own recon. And they're looking around. And when you make it so difficult for them, they will not stay around. And you can't, you have to have a second visit, a third visit, a fourth visit, a fifth page they're looking at. You know, we get these reports back from HubSpot. It's like someone's been on our site and has been visited now 15 pages today. I'm like, that means we have done our job of making it easy and letting them what we call like choose their own adventure, really get to the information that is needy and of value to them. This is so perfect because it rolls into our our last question of our little audit here, which is, is it actionable? Because, because, you know, them exploring your site is yes, important, but at the end of the day, when they want to take the action, when they want to schedule a meeting with you, when they want to make a purchase, can they do it? Do you have call to action buttons on your pages? What about your forms? Like, do you have forms embedded on your pages that are going to instantly notify someone on your team so that they can reach out and take that next step? The action piece is something that seems silly, but I promise you it gets missed more times than not because people get focused on bigger elements of the website and they forget the conversion piece. Yeah, we talk a lot about an old friend of mine here in in, um, our town who took me to lunch and breakfast and drinks and dinner and stuff for many, many years. And he was a banker. And finally, about, you know, six years into it, he's like, Priscilla, you know, why don't you bank with us? And I was like, Joe, you never asked me. So I appreciate all the drinks and the breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but I mean, he was leaving his position and finally asked me, you got to ask someone to the dance. It's got to be actionable. Otherwise you never get the girl, right? So more dating advice. (laughs) Once again, we should start over and just really help people out here. Uh, So where do you go from here? You know, this is a very 
for the simple four question audit. It's not meant, like we said, to be rocket science. I think sometimes people make these things far too difficult. What we need to do in order to scale our companies and find success and be delivering leads to our team on a regular basis, some, some way that we can predict and that is sustainable. We need to know what is going on on our website. Now, I will say a lot of times people throw the baby out with the bathwater and that is not a good idea. So you want to really get a little bit of evaluation to know, are we here for a, you know, my, some minor repairs? There is a really good way of doing website refreshes that don't have to break the bank. But if we look under the hood and everything's about broken, <laughs> then you really do need to rebuild from the ground up because building on top of a broken foundation is a very inadvisable thing in web world. There really are structures. It is very much like a house. So these are um, just a way that you can kind of come back around and reframe how you look at the very building blocks of a successful website and start moving the direction of creating a website that actually works like an employee and that is a 24-7 marketing funnel and plays a key role in creating that sustainable lead generation for your business. And if you run through this quick little audit and you decide you want something more, I mean, you always hear us encourage you to visit our website, our blog, our resource page. Um, if you go on to our blog, there's actually a search bar. And if you search web or website, you can, act, you can see all of our blogs and you'll see some are a little bit more advanced than others, especially talking about SEO. Um, we even have some other podcast episodes that dive a little bit deeper into SEO talk. So check those out. But, you know, we, we also talked about buyer personas. If you haven't, or you feel like you need to reevaluate your buyer personas, download, we have a template on our resource page that will literally walk you through the process. So download that. Even if you have buyer personas, I feel like it's a great check just to make sure that they're still relevant to your most ideal buyer. Um, And whatever language you come up with there, making sure that language is actually on your site. Mm, yeah. It, it, you know, you say that you just that you, word of just language. It is, it is about the voice of your brand. It has to be congruous. It can't be like, oh, I met Priscilla and Ashley. And then I went to their website and it doesn't sound like them at all. You know, like, It really does have to match the way that you talk, the way that you approach problems, because then you're not pulling any kind of a bait and switch. So maybe that's a little, you know, a bonus thing at the end, but we would love your business. If you do want us to take a look and do a little audit, we'd love to hear from you. So certainly reach out to either Ashley or to myself. And it's Ashley at littlebirdmarketing.com or Priscilla at littlebirdmarketing.com. And of course, we've got lots of call to actions on our website. So um, go pick up some of those free resources. Um, we know that not everybody can afford, uh, you know, a big budget overhaul. Um, and so because of that, we do provide a lot of free things. So see if we can be helpful. And then if you need something more, then reach out and let us know. But we hope that these four tips have really given you something to think about and bring this to your team, bring this to your small group, bring it to a big group, but just start taking a look and giving a critical view at what really is going on, because you might be able to really pinpoint, you know, the problem and not spin your wheels, fixing other things that are not going to drive revenue for your company. Do you need any to other dating advice? No, I just want to, I want to know if you have any other dating advice, Ashley. <laughs> you know, at this point in time, I do not, but. Okay. <laughs> 
But other than that, we're done. So from all of us here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.